What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm UB, and I am the Latino white guy of the group. I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group. And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy. You know, with like diversity and inclusion, and your platform is, is national, like you, you're based in Atlanta, but I mean, anyone around the country and around the globe could, could join your platform and, and start, you know, doing work immediately. I mean, how, how we've been talking to folks from all over the country, right, um, recently. How have you seen the role of diversity and inclusion in Atlanta play out versus other parts of the country? I think that, um, and from what I've seen, you know, the efforts and the goals and the missions are are very similar. You know, I think that you know there are more of uh, certain demographics here, more Black people here in Atlanta than, you know, there's a higher proportion. And I think a lot of times those DNI efforts may, you know, move faster. But I think the goal is the same, right? Um, and, and we recognize that uh, globally, we recognize that, you know, there's an underrepresentation of uh, specific of certain demographic groups in the UK uh, and in Australia. It may not be, you know, maybe may not be called black people in Australia, it's indigenous population there or I mean, so but there's always that underrepresentation. And I think as a global platform, that's that's one of the things that we want to be able to adopt and and. and and solve a problem for and in many areas is connecting companies with that with that talent that isn't traditionally underrepresented um, and so here in Atlanta I think that there's the same fight it's the same mission um, it's just you know it may move a little faster here just because you know of, of the fact that you know we have a black mayor there's a lot of uh, a lot of businesses that are here um, and so I, it's a great base to be able to, you know, grow a company like this from. That's awesome. What do you say to, to like freelancers and, you know, people from a lot of these underrepresented groups who, who come to you and they're, they just have, you know, they just, they're like, this is never going to work. Like, you know, that they feel like, um, that there's, so many systemic issues that are kind of holding these groups back that they just they just kind of have a despair in their voice i mean how do you what do you say to people like that well you know i think i don't think that conversation is shaped around the fact of uh of a you know i can't make it because of this is is generally focused on making it on on building something for themselves generally focused on that they just don't maybe uh, a lot of times the tools aren't there or the complete understanding isn't there and so that's one of the things that we're trying to do with uh, the social community the freelance social community that we have uh, we were on mighty networks platform we just moved to slack I already had our inclusion slack set up and we did a poll and everybody said look everybody else is on slack with other workspaces so we moved it there and, and many times, I don't, I, in, in many instances, a lot of the questions that are asked 
sometimes I don't have the best answer, but someone else in that community does. So I think building a a community where the members in a part, that are part of that community can reciprocate great ideas and pass greater ideas along to each other is important, right? And I did that with, uh, and when I was in the wireless space with my tech company, with Paysell Systems, I, I, I started off with a Facebook group called Prepaid Wireless Dealers, and we used it as a way for deal flows, of course, to, to tell people about what we're doing as a company. But a lot of times, those there were plenty of people that were in that group that weren't our customers. They engaged with each other. They passed ideas along. They grew as a group in understanding. And I think that, you know, we want to be able to duplicate that same thing with the inclusion of freelance communities that we have. And, um, and, and so I think that, that that's going to be an important factor in answering some of those tough questions and, and consoling those people who do feel some type of way about the work that they're doing that they can't accomplish or they can't make it and they can't survive. I think that's so important. Just like, I think that was one of the things I was really drawn to, to what you're doing with inclusion is that, especially when you're working with underrepresented groups, community building is just such a key component, right? You have to build that trust, um, you know, with each other and know that this is a, a safe space to kind of be your authentic self. And, um, you know, it, inclusion isn't just about it being yet another platform. It's not just a platform that is all about just, can we help people make money and other people make money? Um, it's it's really, a, it's the community part seems like so integral to elevating everybody. Yeah, well, especially first... now. Sorry, I was just, I, I just wanted to add like COVID is sort of forcing that even more, right? Because mm -hmm. especially for a group of, you know, people who are, um, you know, from a freelancer perspective, I mean, they're, they're typically uh, in this scenario that we're all finding ourselves in right now, right? Like they're working from home and mm -hmm. they're remote. And so, but now, now, I mean, there's such a freaking magnifying glass on, on that, that everybody's having to do that. Like we're, we're literally having to build these communities, um, you know, overnight uh, so it's it's kind of fascinating how the freelance gig economy or whatever you want to call it is was you know was sort of at the forefront of that right like that that right. they were forced to do that for years before this and so I feel like they're 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 kind of a great template for what we could all learn from exactly exactly you know I, when well even before we officially even launched the community side the even on Mighty Networks. Uh, we were having calls with the, the, the talent that were on our platform. Uh, so we were having this conference calls on a, what was it on a Tuesday, I think. And uh, this one lady came on, she was, um, she was signed up on the platform, on the marketplace. And so we asked her, you know, what, why did you join? And she said, well, you know, I'm on Upwork. Um, I get plenty of business. And I think the fuss around that time is when Upwork just enacted uh, their policy that all freelancers have to bid on pay for credits in order to bid on projects. And so there was a lot of uproar around that. And she said, well, I don't have to pay because I get so many incoming requests from clients to, uh, to provide services. I think she provided some type of writing, great writing services and so forth. And, you know, so we asked, well, what are you doing on inclusion? I mean, the first, the main thing she said was, you know, I work, 
from home. I work by myself. And I need someone to, to I need someone to talk to. I need a community to, to be able to, to dialogue with. And I mean, and so that was really a, a big light bulb moment for us. Even though I had already created a community before in my previous tech, it, it, I was a little slow in catching on and, and acting it. I, if I could go back, I should have started the community along with inclusion right then and there, along with the platform. I didn't. Took a few months, but that was one of the pivotal conversations that, that really influenced us to saying, okay, we need to get this launched because people do. They want to be able to communicate with each other. They want to be able to vent with someone who understands what they're going through, right? So, um, yeah, all of that is, is really important in making sure that we have some type of dynamic. And especially now <laughs> with this COVID, it's just accelerating all of the, the small things that occur in a freelancer or gig worker's life. Everybody understands it now. <laughs> Everyone. Yep. Yep. I hear you. So um, you are in the midst of, so I want to take a step back because um, one of the things that I really like about your company is that you are doing fundraising in a non-traditional way. Um, And that is by really understanding that, or, you know, it's by recognizing that you don't have to go to uh, angels and VC funds and all that to make money when you can get that initial Kind of investment from the community itself. Um, so I was actually one of the. I, I've been super excited to personally invest in inclusion. So that would make you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, I had been following the uh, the Jobs Act and Title Three uh, when it was signed uh, into law in 2012. I was really excited about this new opportunity to access democratized capital. Had a, when I had my tech company, I used to go to the conferences in Pensacola. I used to always ask, well, how, do, uh, how does a company like mine get access to capital? And they didn't really know. And that was one of the reasons why I got out, out of Atlanta. I mean, out of Pensacola, moved to Atlanta. Uh, it's because they didn't know. And, and I knew it was going to be come to a point where I needed to access that. So when this law came about, this um, the, jo- the Jobs Act, like, wow, this is amazing. And so for another four years, though, I followed off and on. I'm like, okay, is this, there's this opportunity to now leverage our networks in order to raise capital. And so when it was finally federalized, the rules were, the federal rules were created in 2016. Um, and I was working on and thinking about how to launch Spend With at the time. And I said, well, you know, I invested a certain amount of my funds, but I want to be able to go out to the crowd and get the crowd approval as well and i did so in 2017 launched the crowdfunding round and uh, raised forty seven thousand dollars um so and that was an opportunity to continue to grow and 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 work on the platform um ultimately after going through founders gym and another incubator and and accelerator still couldn't really wrap around the revenue model like you should and so and that's when we ultimately pivoted um one of the things that I was important to me about that and keeping the same banner on the spin with, but along with the inclusion banner is that those people that believed in me, even then at that point, when it's, when we're out here and we're actually generating large, large amounts of revenue, we want them to benefit from that as well, uh, from believing me early on, even 
pre-pivot. So um, they're still, they're part of the inclusion family as well. Um, and then, you know, when it was time again to look at the crowd and build support from the crowd, uh, we decided to do it again. Um, and so one of the things with, you know, with, for, first of all, with fundraising is if you go to an angel group or if you're ra raising a traditional round of cap capital, you can't just get on social media and blurt out, hey, I'm raising. There's rules around this. And you just can't, you can't solicit a, a, a funding round in that fashion. You have to go through, uh, you have to go to closed door meetings and things like that. But with regulation CF crowdfunding, you can, you can go out there and blurt it out. And that, and that, that it creates a great way to uh, galvanize your existing base, but then also grow and, and, and bring on an additional base as well. And so, I mean, that's what I've been doing. I've had hundreds of conversations over the past months with people that I would never have gotten on the phone with unless it was around this crowdfunding round. And they've, they've gained interest. They've learned uh, about what we're doing. And I mean, it's exciting. So Jabril, um, where where are you in the maturation process with inclusion? That's a great question. So we launched initially as a diversity-focused version of Upwork. Uh, and so we have a platform in place that allows for a client, large or small, to post a project, uh, associate a budget with that project, um, and then that, uh, based on the, the skill sets and all, we will match that person with, uh, talent that's in our platform. And that talent has the ability to respond to their, what we call talent requests that they've created. And, um, and that client has the ability to pick that, pick the best candidate. Um, and then fund the whatever amount of that budget and that money goes for escrow or creating milestones around that around that project and then um, as that client excuse me as the talent completes that the milestones or the, the project as a whole then they're distributed their funds so it's a similar very similar process to um, to what Upwork offers and so that that platform is live um, what we've been working on now is also tackling some of the traditional ways of talent acquisition, which is around contract staffing and even uh, recruiting, permanent placement recruiting as well. Uh, we're still experimenting with that. We've, we've partnered with a great company that is our back office solutions provider for a staffing company. We've brought on some freelance recruiters as well. Um, and now, uh, one of the things that we're doing from just talking to the hiring managers that are out there at more of the larger companies, a lot of times they don't need recruiting services or staffing services, but they do want visibility in front of our network of, of talent that's out there as candidates. Um, and so uh, we're building a traditional job board capabilities into the site as well that will run parallel to the freelance marketplace. So someone can go in, they'll be able to um, go in and post either a regular job or a freelance marketplace job that we'll facilitate uh, through our platform also. Fantastic. And how are you getting the word out there then? Obviously, you're in Atlanta, all that good stuff. But, you know, uh, how is the black community in, 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 in southern Texas? How is the black community in New York? How are, how are these other 
large populations, demographics, pockets of African-Americans across the country. How are they hearing about inclusion? Yeah, so I mean, we're reaching out to, you know, our key demographics are women, uh, Black and Latinx uh, populations that are out there. So all women and then Black and Latinx uh, demographics as well. And you know, a lot of that is driven through social media, word of mouth. Um, those are the main ways right now. So one of the things that, you know, we talked about earlier um, offline was, well, what are we going to do with the funds? Well, you know, we want to continue to build in and, and iterate in what we're doing with the platform, build in these additional features that we're going to be adding in this job board. And we want to continue to A-B test our marketing as well around attracting uh, the candidates into our platform also. But that means also doing a lot of hustling and bustling in the um, hundreds of Facebook groups that are out there. They have, you know, women business groups or black business groups, uh, Hispanic and Latino business groups that are on Facebook. So getting out the word there um, as in a more organic way, uh, providing some type of actual targeted marketing through social media also. Uh, partnering with greater organizations um, like, like Nina's organization and, um, and also just different career service departments uh, that can drive talent into what we're doing also, and boot coding boot camps. So, you know, there's, multi, there's the multi-pronged effort that's in place that's, that we're working, constantly working to, to, of course, get the word out there. Um, and then we want to just want to be able to continue to grow in traction as well. And uh, that means going through different programs. I graduated from the Acumen, Acumen Civic Future of Work Accelerator. Um, and that was a three month long program that ran from October until December. Um, I was part of a pre-accelerator program called It Takes a Village that was almost running at the same time as the uh, other accelerator. Um, and then, yeah, just having so many conversations with key people that are in the DNI space and, um, you know, getting podcast appearances like this as well. Jabril, you, awesome. are, you are doing God's work. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and joining us for this conversation. Um, we will definitely put links to not only inclusion, um, but also the WeFunder site uh, if folks want to um, be an investor. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to be a rich $50,000 no. angel to invest in your company. It's like the most accessible type of investing out there. So I, I love that. Yeah, $100, $100 starts it off. Uh, and it's, uh, and that will, uh, you know, allow you to be a co-owner in a great company that's growing. So I know. I it's the really first time I've ever been aware of a company. It's like, <laughs> in the world. like I have shares. <laughs> I've never had shares in anything. <laughs> hey, we, we look, we, it's great that we are able to, to burst that bubble and, and, and get you in into what we're doing. Uh, the closes on April 29th, so anyone that's out there that, that actually want to still participate, they have until April 29th to do so. Great. Well, what a, uh, what a real privilege. Uh, Nina, thank you so much, as always, for uh introducing so many because because you know you've all this she travels all over the place so she gets to meet all these great people you yeah. know while we're schluffing it here at uh, denver <laughs> but uh you know thank I mean, you Nina, for doing uh that work for us yeah exactly i mean to be fair i am in my basement drinking a beer right now but that's thanks to COVID 19 <laughs> so <laughs> 
Jabril, well, thank Nina, you so much. Yeah, we, yeah we that so was, appreciate you joining us, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, frankly, you know, it, yeah, what you're doing, I feel like perfect timing too, given the situation. I mean, you're one of those that coming out of this, hopefully it doesn't end up, you know, being like the walking dead zombie apocalypse scenario. But when we all come out of this on the other side, I think you're really poised to help a lot of people. And that's what's, that's, that's, what's really impactful about what you're doing in your story. So yeah, thank you for being a part of uh, choose inclusion. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, team. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll be back with more content very, very soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. You can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, and contact us on Twitter at Choose Inclusion.